What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in today's video, I'm gonna be wrapping up my start sets for week three. So today we're gonna to be talking about the tight ends, going through all 16 matchups, listing every fantasy relevant tight end as either a start or a sit. And I do kind of want to reiterate the point, I guess, of what this video is truly about. Because last week, some people were not happy with the lack of starts. I guess I had like 10 tight ends listed as starts. People were complaining, saying, you know, what about 12 team leagues? You're not listing enough players. The point of this video is not for me to give you X number of starts. I don't go into this video, you know, saying, all right, I got to pick out 12 guys or I got to pick out 14 guys. It's just the players that I feel comfortable starting at that position. Sometimes you don't have someone who, you know, you'd love to throw into your lineup and that's okay. If you had a quarterback who goes down, you pick up some random dude off waivers, you're probably not going to love that play. And that's kind of just what fantasy football is. And especially at the tight end position, when we're looking at, you know, how top heavy it is, you know, you've got your top few guys and then everyone else is going to finish in the same range. I didn't feel comfortable, you know, telling you guys to start players like Taysom Hill after one decent week because we don't know what the usage is going to be. We want to see some consistency out of these tight ends. So I do think there's probably going to be more than 10 starts in this video, but I just kind of wanted to make that point that I'm not coming in with a specific number of players because I don't really think that's, you know, realistic to how I feel about starting or sitting these players. So getting that out of the way, let's jump into the first matchup where we have the Steelers taking on the Browns. I think Pat Fryermuth has definitely established himself as a solid start in your lineups. Back-to-back solid performances, definitely someone I'd be trusting there. And then on the other side with the Browns, I liked David Njoku as a late round guy heading into the season. He's basically done nothing so far, so he will definitely be a sit. That leads us into the Sunday slate of games where we have the Saints taking on the Panthers. Like I said, you know, in the intro, a lot of people were very high on Taysom Hill. We have to remember one week does not mean, you know, what that guy's going to do for the rest of the season. Taysom Hill had one massive run and he got into the end zone. The workload he had last week was not indicative of someone that can be trusted on a consistent basis. We saw it against the Buccaneers, basically did nothing. He is going to be a sit this week. He's someone I like much more in like best ball leagues where you're just going to be able to get his, you know, touchdown weeks, but not have to worry about actually starting him consistently because I don't think he's ever going to be a reliable start unless he somehow plays quarterback and still has that tight end designation. Then obviously he would be startable. For the Panthers, nothing going on here at tight end. Ian Thomas is most definitely a sit. And then really nothing going on here in this Texans-Bears game either. Brevin Jordan, OJ Howard, whoever you guys want to, you know, list as the number one guy, they're all going to be sits. And then for the Bears, very unfortunate. Cole Komet, just nothing so far. I do not believe he has a catch through two games. The Bears passing attack is just non-existent. They're barely getting over, you know, 10 pass attempts per game in a game script where they were down. It's crazy what's going on in Chicago, but you just can't trust any of those pass catchers. Really, the only guy you can trust is David Montgomery at this point. Then we have the Chiefs taking on the Colts. Pretty obvious on both sides here. Travis Kelsey, tight end one, locked into your lineup. And then Kylan Granson, or I guess Mo Cox, whoever you know you think the Colts' number one guy is, they are all going to be sits. Then we have a divisional game between the Bills and the Dolphins. And two tight ends that I think some people may consider streamable options. Personally, I have both of these players listed as sits. For me, I really liked Dawson Knox heading into the season. I just haven't seen enough volume or production so far through two weeks. And we've had two weeks of the Bills putting on solid offensive performances. Josh Allen's racking up the passing yards. You know, they're throwing passing touchdowns. And Dawson Knox just has not been overly involved. So for me, that's a red flag. 
even last night in a game they dominated, no Gabriel Davis, we still couldn't get like a big Dawson Knox game. So he's going to be a sit until he can prove he can command a solid target share or start giving you those touchdown weeks. And then for Mike Gusecki, I think a lot of people like Gusecki because they have the name value. He's been a startable tight end in years past. Week one, I told you guys that I thought he was droppable. Maybe he's worth rostering at this point, but in week one, he only had a 42% snap share, one target, one reception, one yard. Week two, you guys may think he's back. You know, he's a solid streaming option. He did bump up those snaps to 62%. I think a lot of that comes down to game script. They were down early on to the Ravens, so they went to, you know, their uh, better pass catching tight end. But he had four receptions, 41 yards, and a touchdown. That's a solid performance. I would like those numbers in my tight end spot. The problem is he only had four targets, four targets on 52 pass attempts. This is not production that is sustainable here for Mike Gusecki. So he is someone that I'm going to be sitting here. We got to dig, you know, just a little bit deeper than the, uh, you know, the baseline stats. Then in the next game, we have another divisional matchup between the Lions and the Vikings. For the Lions, I am starting TJ Hawkinson again. I'm guessing some people are a little bit concerned. He's had a slow start, 7.8 points week one, then 5.6 here in week two. I honestly still think he's a mid-tier tight end. The usage has been there. He's had seven targets in each game. That's solid at the tight end position. He had a 91% snap share week one, 89% week two. He's still involved. The touchdowns are going to come. The bigger games are going to come. It's actually been encouraging how solid this Lions offense has looked. So, you know, maybe you probably don't love throwing him in there after back-to-back down games, but I totally think he's startable. And this is a situation where if his usage continues, he's going to have much better games ahead of him. On the other side, I could see Irv Smith having an argument to be a start, kind of similar to what I talked about at the top, where I said, we can't just have one week of production at the tight end position because, you know, the position, there's so much variance and, you know, a touchdown can skew things so heavily. So for me, a lot of these kind of fringe guys that I'm listing as starts, they've given me back-to-back solid performances or at least back-to-back performances where they're seeing volume. For Irv Smith, he had a nice Monday night game, five receptions, 36 yards, and a touchdown. He did only have a 56% snap share. And then we look back to week one, he didn't even record a catch. So if he can put together another decent game with decent volume, then he's someone I'd consider you know, a start in week four. But right now, one decent game isn't going to cut it for me, and he is going to be a sit. Also, when you're considering that, you know, Jefferson had a down game, Thielen didn't have a massive impact, you know, if those guys are balling out, what is Irv Smith really doing? That leads us into the Ravens-Patriots game. Two pretty clear calls here. Obviously, you're starting Mark Andrews as a high-end tight end one, and then you're sitting Hunter Henry, who just has not had a big role this year. And overall, the Patriots offense has just not looked great. Then we've got the Bengals taking on the Jets. I could actually consider both of these guys to be fringe options. Hayden Hurst has been involved in back-to-back weeks. For me, I think Hayden Hurst will be startable later on once we get into bye weeks. The problem here with Hurst is that I don't think I can trust him in my lineup until this Bengals offense starts clicking because we've got Chase, Higgins, Boyd. Those guys are going to be taking the majority of the work, even throw Mixon in there. So for Hurst to give you decent production in that offense when they're struggling, it's just not something that I see as super likely. If this Bengals offense starts putting together some big games, you know, high volume, high touchdown opportunities, then I think Hurst could become, you know, a potential fringe start. But right now he is going to be a sit. 
On the other side, maybe surprisingly, I have Tyler Conklin listed as a start, and his usage has been fantastic through two weeks. He had a 92% snap share week one, which is great for you know a tight end, and then he had a 100% snap share in week two. That's pretty wild at the tight end position. He's had 16 targets through two weeks, so the volume is there. He's had double-digit points in back-to-back weeks, which is impressive at the tight end position. May not seem like it, but it is on one touchdown. So he has the volume. You know, he's only gotten to the end zone once, so it's not like those touchdowns are heavily skewing his numbers. I think he's a decent streaming option, and he's probably going to be available on waivers if you're feeling bad about your current starting tight end. Next game is the Raiders taking on the Titans. Pretty clear. You're starting Darren Waller as a high-end tight end one and then sitting Austin Hooper. Then we have the Eagles taking on the Washington Commanders. For the Eagles, I'm rolling with Dallas Goddard. He's had a super strong start to the season. I think he's locked in as a mid-tier tight end one. For the Commanders, I think Logan Thomas could be considered a potential streamer. He just missed the bar as a start for me. His most recent performance was solid. I think it was like three for 37 and a touchdown. The problem with Logan Thomas that I have is that the Commanders passing attack has been fantastic through two weeks. Wentz is balling out, touchdowns all over the place, high passing volume, and Logan Thomas has still been okay. When this offense comes back down to earth, is Logan Thomas really going to be, you know, giving you performances ahead of McLaurin, ahead of Samuel, ahead of Jahan Dotson? I just think that when this offense comes down to earth, Logan Thomas is going to fade away a little bit, and those other dudes are still going to give you decent production. So he's going to be a sit now. Maybe he has another solid week of volume, and then we reconsider heading into week four. Next matchup is between the Jaguars and the Chargers. For the Jaguars, I honestly strongly considered Evan Ingram as a start. Sounds crazy to say, but week two, he had 85% route participation. That is super strong. He had a 27% target share, eight targets, seven receptions for 46 yards. So he is very interesting moving forward. I think it's important to track what he looks like heading into week three. Um, You know, this isn't a Jaguars team with a ton of top weapons. So if Ingram can keep producing, he's going to be one of Lawrence's top targets, which would definitely make him startable for fantasy. And then on the other side, we've got probably the people's favorite tight end based on the hate I got last week for not listing Everett as a start. Back-to-back solid performances. He backed up his nice week one performance. I like him as a start this week and a pretty solid start actually uh, here in week three. Then the next matchup is between the Rams and the Cardinals. And I've got both of these guys listed as starts. Tyler Higby has kind of quietly put together some really strong volume, 20 targets through two weeks, wildly impressive at the tight end position, put up 8.9 PPR points, then 14.1, and he's done that with no touchdowns. So if he maintains even close to that volume, the touchdowns are going to be there on a top passing attack. This is a great spot to be in for Tyler Higby. And then for the Cardinals, Zach Ertz, very, very reliable tight end one. Then we've got the Falcons taking on the Seahawks. I understand Kyle Pitts has underperformed two weeks or through two weeks. Trust me, I get it. I have him on a few of my teams, but some of the comments I'm seeing, you know, on these videos, it's like, do I start Kyle Pitts or Taysom Hill? Guys, I imagine you drafted Kyle Pitts round three, round four. Maybe if you're in a very, you know, casual league round five, you spent that top draft capital on him. We cannot be considering, you know, these dudes tight end 20 uh, to be starting over Kyle Pitts. I've also seen some people saying, you know, oh, should I trade him? And they'll show an offer and it's like, you're trading Kyle Pitts for some, you know, flex level wide receiver. 
This may kind of be hard to hear, but if you were spending that top draft capital on Kyle Pitts, you almost need him to, you know, get better in the sense that like to overcome just totally whiffing on that elite tight end pick, you would need, you know, your first, second, fourth round picks to just be freaking on fire. And so maybe you have that. I just think it's much better off to wait. We're only two weeks in, you know, you drafted Kyle Pitts for a reason. You believed in him. We think he's going to be, you know, the next great tight end. I still think we got to have faith in him. I'm going to list him as a start. He's still been running a solid number of routes. Maybe the usage isn't as great as last year. I think the volume will come. I think the production will come. I'm not backing off on Kyle Pitts yet. So he is still going to be a start. And I urge you guys to not panic sell him because I bet there are going to be some sharp players in your league who are sending you offers, trying to take Kyle Pitts off you. Don't fall for it. Keep him. Don't sell him low. He will improve. And then on the other side with the Seahawks, just nothing going on here with these tight ends. Noah Fant, definitely a sit. Then we have the Packers taking on the Bucks. Tanyan, definitely a sit. Can't trust any of these Packers pass catchers right now. And then for the Buccaneers, nothing going on in that tight end room. Sitting Cam Brate. Then on Sunday night football, we have the 49ers taking on the Broncos. I think George Kittle will be back for this game. And if he's back, you're obviously firing him up as a start. For the Broncos, you're sitting Alberto. Just hasn't given us enough through two weeks. And then Monday night football, we have the Cowboys taking on the Giants. If Dalton Schultz is healthy and ready to go, I'd start him. He's dealing with some sort of knee injury. Not super serious, but he could miss this week. And then for the Giants, sitting Daniel Bellinger. So those are all 16 week three matchups. Let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section. If you have any fantasy questions, start sits, uh, trade advice, waiver wire, whatever it is, drop those down below and I'll be getting back to every single person. But thank you all for stopping by and I'll see you guys in the next one.